0: Welcome to Mom Real, the podcast about real encouragement, real stories, and real about motherhood. Well, welcome back to part two of episode eight with Emily Alba. So thankful that she is here with us and didn't want to leave you all hanging with the previous one, but just wanted to continue this conversation. Um, stay with us for this podcast episode. I hope that this second part continues to just bring hope and healing for you. Um, and I just hope that you leave blessed. So without further ado, we're gonna get into the second part of episode eight now.
1: So I remember feeling after our losses that my womb was broken, that there was something wrong with me that I was to blame for losing these babies um because and and, from my point of view, it was my body that failed. And, um, and so I just started going through all these things of, okay, what did I do wrong? How can I fix it next time? You know, just down this rabbit hole of anxiety and worry and trying to just rationalize everything that happened. And it wasn't until my, it was actually my therapist at the time she brought to mind an an idea of, okay, what if your womb, you know, number one, it's not broken, but what if you took the perspective of your womb was actually chosen and anointed and selected to carry a specific seed Mm -hmm. for a specific amount of time? Now, the hard part about that is you have to accept that the amount of time that you're able to carry that life may not be the amount of time that you wanted to carry it. Mm -hmm. But God being the creator and the sovereign one over time and purpose and place and everything that he may have looked at my womb and gone, I need Emily and Caleb's DNA together to create this life. But instead of that life being lived out on earth, I need it up here with me Mm -hmm. soon and quickly Mm. because I have a job. I have an assignment. I, or even I just want this life with me as a worshiper, as a, as just a part of my kingdom. And so I'm going to entrust Emily to carry this life, whether it's for four weeks, for six weeks, for 12 weeks, for an entire pregnancy, whatever it is, he needed my womb for a specific amount of time and there was life there, but then I had to believe and trust and accept that whatever God plants doesn't come back void. Yes. You know, and that to me, from my perspective, I looked at, there was a seed, there was an embryo, there's a baby planted in my womb and it died. So in my perspective, it came back void. Yeah it didn't it didn't grow it didn't do what i wanted it to but in the kingdom perspective if god's word is true which we believe that it is we know that anything that god plants does not come back void that's isaiah 55 so i have to believe that there will be fruit that my womb was fertile that it did carry the seed for the amount of time that it was supposed to be carried and that one day whether it be earthside or, or in heaven, I'll see the purpose of what that seed was. And there will be life that have comes. You,
0: have you heard that saying, or maybe it's like not saying, I guess there's, there was a picture that I saw going around on mother's day that was just honoring the mothers that have babies in heaven and said like, um, you know, think about, I, I'm going to butcher the, the, like delivery of it but it basically was a post that said like think about getting to heaven and hearing a voice that you've never heard before say mama
1: oh I'm about to cry because because I believe that like yeah I do I know there's a million different theological beliefs about what heaven will be like and who will see and who will recognize and who we won't and um you know I just I personally, and like I said, I have no theological backing on this, but I just, I believe that heaven is where all rights or all wrongs are made right. And where all things are restored and all things are healed. And I believe that I'm going to get to rock those two babies and watch them grow, um, I believe that we we will know them and they will know us and and I believe that um the two little lives that that we lost um that are with Jesus right now um I believe that they're co-laboring and worshiping and praying and and beseeching the father on behalf of my two kids here on earth.
0: Yeah. Like
1: I really believe that.
0: And, and I think I, one big thing too, and I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, um, I, I think one big thing too, that I've been thinking of, and I, I was sharing with you too, is that dear, this past Mother's Day, and I have, again, I don't want to share anything from my friends who have gone through this or share their stories or anything like that. But on this past Mother's Day, I was just even more sensitive to my friends who have um, had loss recently and me having Liam and Liam was a complete surprise and accident. And, you know, I remember sharing with one of my friends and then her and her husband have, were trying and then they had a miscarriage. And I remember her saying like, you didn't even try, like, you know, like, and you had Liam and that was so tough. And I know I didn't take any offense to it because I know I knew that she was her. I knew, and she was right. She was a hundred percent right. Um, but circling back to the whole mother's day thing on mother's day, I texted this specific friend and made sure that she knew she was no less of a mother because her baby wasn't on this side of, of heaven, you know, like it it was not on earth with her and it didn't make her any less of a mother and it didn't make her husband any less of a father. And, you know, I just. I think about not just that friend, but multiple friends that I have and wanted to make sure that they knew like that they were still mothers and like hearing you say that too, about just having the, that those, in your case, those two babies in heaven and be co-laboring and worshiping. Like to me, if I was in that situation, that would bring me so much hope too. Like, and again, we're not here to get into the theology or the whatever of it, but I mean, I, Wow. Like, I mean, what was your experience going from that time and then, you know, experiencing Mother's Day, experiencing Father's Day, experiencing all that? Because I think that's one of the biggest things. I had a friend tell me um, I had I had done a post for like Mother's Day when I was pregnant with Liam And she was so well-meaning and I know her heart. And so because I know her heart, I did not take offense to her comment. I did not choose offense in her comment, but uh, I posted on Facebook and I remember her, her commenting and saying like, um, you know, just wait till your next uh, real mother's day next year. Or it was something like that. Like, just wait till your real mother's day, your first real mother's day next year or something. And I remember thinking, I, I literally remember thinking, well, what if. Like, what if I I don't end up having Liam? What if? Because I was surrounded by friends. I had um, two friends recently have have stillbirths. Um, mm-hmm. Two of them in in within a year's time, and just had different you know people ha- having losses around me, and I was really scared for Liam. And I was very sick in my pregnancy. I've talked about that, and I just remember getting that comment from her. And again, l- love her so much, know her heart. It was not any in, ill intent. But I just remember thinking like, what if I had had something happen and thought like, oh, it's, I'm not a real mother because he's not on the yeah. side of earth or whatever. So I'm rambling, but you no, know, I why don't, me. why don't you speak a little bit to that with, with your experience as you were just talking about just those babies being in heaven? Cause I feel like that kind of perfectly sure. flows into that, that part
1: of it. Sure. Absolutely. So before i i get into that something that kind of fits in there i remember when after we lost our first one fb we were sitting in our car in the hospital parking lot and my husband who doesn't cry um he he started weeping which in and of itself is just it just gutted me you know um to see him cry and I remember he kind of threw his head back on the headrest of his seat and he said, through tears, he said, I've never wanted to be with Jesus more than I do right now mm. because I know that our kid is there. And I, I, all of a sudden I was like, I get it. I I get it. Like, I want to be with Jesus, yeah. but I want to be with Jesus because our baby is like, Half, half of us is there. Like, I want to, mm-hmm. I want to be there. And it almost, it puts some purpose to some pain of going, okay, pain makes us long for heaven. Mm-hmm. It makes us go, we're not, we're not meant to be here. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I digress. But that being said, there's kind of this complex, and that's a word I've used quite a bit. It was a complex feeling of going, I know in my head, I'm a mom. And I know in my heart, I'm a mom. Caleb knew he was a dad because we could say things like that. Like, I can't wait to be with Jesus because that also means I get to be with, you know, my, my son or my daughter. Um, So we, we knew that and our hearts knew that, but there was also the reality, the tangible reality that we lived in day to day that did not have a living, breathing child in it or in in my case, a bump that was growing. And that was like, you know, every mom or, you know, when you find out you're pregnant, most women I would say are so excited to get that little bump. You know, like we've, we, little girls, since we were little, you stuff pillows under your shirt yes. and pregnant and all this stuff. And all of a sudden you realize time is going to keep moving and that bump is never going to grow. And those holidays that I imagined, those, you know, the months and weeks ahead, the pregnancy announcement that I imagined, all those things, those things are not happening. And so, yes, you know, you're a mom, you know, you're a dad and you feel it, but you're, I felt angry and sad that there was no physical proof for that. And I don't mean proof that like I had to prove to other people that I was a mom. It was, it wasn't enough to know. I wanted to be able to actually hold and touch and feel and hear, um, and rock that child. And that just wasn't going to happen this side of, of eternity. And so it is one thing to know it. Um, and then another thing to grieve that it's, it's not there. And it was always kind of weird when people would ask me when I was pregnant with Henley, they'd go, oh, is this your first? And you're like, do I say yes? Do I say no, actually, it's my third? Like, you know, you're like, where does the number start here? Like, is she my first? Is she my third? What is she? And so um, it's complex, but I do think that it is healing to remember that, yes, you are a mom. Yeah. Whether you that baby earth side or on the other side of eternity.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that's so important in this day and age too. And why I'm so thankful for that this month is a thing of pregnancy and infant loss yeah. awareness. Although I've been opened and, and you know, open-minded about the differences between pregnancy versus, you know, infant loss as well. Yeah. Um. And that's just crazy. But what I say crazy, that's such a weird <laughs> way to say it. No, but you know what I mean? It's just... It's hard and it's sad and and in today's day and age too that I'm thankful that it's being talked about more because yeah. it needs to be so that people don't feel alone and isolated and and all of those things. But what would what piece of advice would you give a mom or dad? But specifically a mom since this is mom real. Um, yeah. That- is either in that position right now and grieving a miscarriage or has been in that position and has had a miscarriage, what message of hope or advice would you share with them? So
1: there's two things that kind of come to mind for me for that. And one is kind of a more like emotional piece of advice. And the other is just like a practical piece of advice moving forward. Um, emotionally, I would say something that was so important to me that actually my dad told me was, he was like, Emily, give your, yourself permission to feel everything. Um, I think that there's an enormous amount of pressure on women who experience, whether it's infertility or miscarriages or any, any sort of trauma like that to, you know, be strong, and move on. And especially in the Christian circles to be able to count it all joy and everything's going to be fine. And God has a plan and move on. And yes, all those things are absolutely unreservedly true. But we also have a God who wants to sit with us while we weep and sit with us in our grief and sit with us in our anger and our confusion Mm -hmm. without judgment. And the only way that I could get to a place where I could begin to look back and count things all joy or find redemption or find um, healing in the midst of of grief or hope for, the, for future children was in first allowing myself to walk through all of the emotions that came up through loss and to not feel shame in that. And so whether that's through finding a counselor, trusted friends, if you're a journaler, whatever it is, I think it's so important to not stuff your emotions mm-hmm. um, as you go through this, but to let them out and to deal with them in a healthy way um, because it's it's going to prepare your heart to move forward if you deal with all of the difficult feelings that come from loss. And I well, think so
0: many people deal with deal with it so differently too, because I have a friend who has um has two babies earthside and has a baby, um, a little boy that she lost, I believe around 20 weeks or so, um, that is, you know, in heaven now. And she her family photo on her Instagram is one that an artist did of her full family and it yeah. has him in it. And she, you know, is very open about it because to her, it was like more healing and more remembrance thing. Whereas I have, you know, another friend who who doesn't want to talk about it. I have another friend who who talks about it, but, you know, um, is very guarded about it. And then, you know, and I get it. I think there's different different ways that people are going to do it. But I love how you said, like, no matter how you process it, you still need to. It yes. doesn't matter what it looks like. Absolutely.
1: You still need to do that. You still need to because grief is grief and pain is pain and it's going to come up later somehow. And um, so I I found that that was so important because that it it didn't, I wouldn't have been able to have the ability to hope and to not give up and to press forward and to to look forward to a family earth side if I didn't walk through like I wouldn't have been able to trust the Lord again with my body with my heart with my desires if I didn't deal with the disappointment that I felt towards him when we went through the loss so it's kind of like you have to pull the weeds out and kind of start over a little bit um and so that's kind of the emotional side of things and then practically um this may sound really simple, but advocate for yourself at with your doctor, your midwife, whatever it is, um, going through pregnancy loss. It does a number on you mentally and emotionally, and it can leave you feeling more anxious the next time you end up pregnant. And you're so excited to be pregnant but it's also one it can also be really scary because you're dealing with some PTSD and one of the best things I did was advocate for myself in in asking like if it's in your ability to Get an extra ultrasound if you need it. If you have a doctor's office who would let you come in and listen to the heartbeat, if you're having a a day that you feel fearful, or if you want to ask for extra blood work so that you can just double check. I want to say like the first 10 weeks I went in every week to, to get my HCG checked to see, to make sure that it was rising just so that I felt secure in it. You know, I think requested one or two, you know, a couple extra ultrasounds and, um, you know, advocate for yourself if you have, you know, because so many, um, I think sometimes doctors and OBGYNs and midwives, like they're all so wonderful and so skilled, but they see miscarriages so frequently Mm -hmm. that you kind of have to step up and go, Hey, I would like a little bit more attention to this specifically, and you can
0: you can by the way I'm I'm very big about advocating for what you need medically (laughs) like very so like don't let them say do you really need that or that'll be extra or that'll be whatever just just do it yeah and I want to do it
1: like the most understanding unbelievable OB and so my my pregnancy with Henley after my two losses, I think I went in, like I would email them every week and be like, Hey, feeling scared again. And they'd be like, come on in. It'll just be five minutes. You don't even need an appointment walk in, you know, and not every office is going to, you know, Mm -hmm. may be that way, but someone might be. And so it's, it's not worth the stress. If you can advocate for yourself to get the support that you need and the facts that you need to stay less anxious in your next pregnancy, or even after your miscarriage, if you're going, I would like to get these labs run so that I can cross out these issues or these genetic defects or these things like advocate for yourself. You don't have to wait until you've gone through however long or however many losses or anything to get those labs run. You can do, you can For it, you know? And so, yeah, I would just say process your feelings, go through it, feel it all, and then advocate for yourself. Those were two major parts of, um, kind of my post miscarriage recovery that were vital to kind of keeping myself strong so that we could try again.
0: Well, I know that'll bless so many women. And even for me, I haven't, I haven't been through that, but even just being through this, through this that sounded so weird going through this podcast with you and y'all if you saw my post this is actually the second time (laughs) we are recording this um and it's been a blessing to hear just your side of it and your wisdom in it and I feel like it's helped me grow my capacity to hold space for moms who have gone through that yes because the more we talk about it then the more we're able to be you know with friends who are in that space right now and I think being able to hold space can just look like hey I don't even know what to say but I love you and so hopefully if you're listening to this podcast too and you have a friend who who has been through this or you know somebody who's been through this then hopefully Emily's you know story can help you have more space for them or or begin to hold space for them too um and so Emily as we're just like winding down this episode I Um, had this on my heart yesterday and I just continue to feel like the Lord is wanting this and I know it's going to bless, you know, women as they're listening to this, but will you just pray over us and over every mom that is listening to this, will be listening to this even, you know, if there's a dad popping in here, but just um, specifically over women who have either been through miscarriage or are currently in, you know, the trenches with that. Um, Will you just end the podcast today with just a prayer over them? Absolutely. I would love to.
1: Father, we thank you so much for Grace Ann and for this platform that she has built and created to encourage and support moms and that you have specifically created her and given her this calling to bring hope to moms who are grieving right now. And so Lord, we, we pray for the moms who have experienced loss, the ones who are, like she said in the trenches in the middle of it and and even those who may go through it that um that have yet to walk this this path god we we pray right now just a specific covering over their hearts lord i pray that you would begin to just rub your healing oil all over their hearts and their womb God, I pray that their wombs would be strengthened and fortified yes. not only to carry future children again, but to carry hope. Mm. Cause we know that miscarriage brings not only you know, death to a life, but it also, it brings death to hope and it brings fear and it brings confusion and anxiety and so many things. And so God, as, As you heal their physical bodies, God, I pray that you would also heal, heal their emotions and their hearts to be able to hope again, that as their bodies are being prepared to carry little babies again, father, that you would prepare their hearts to carry anticipation and excitement and joy Mm -hmm. again as well. God, we pray for just fertility over over their wombs, and also over their hearts, that their ability to carry, to nourish, to cultivate, to birth, and to deliver um, seed that you have created would just be exponentially strengthened. And God, we pray that you would provide support and community for these women, that they would know that they're not alone that you would help them to be able to advocate, that you would place them in the hands of doctors who are going to care for them, not only in body, but also in heart and mind and spirit.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And God, we know that, um, like we talked about earlier, that every seed that you plant does not come back void. And so we pray that you would give any mother who has lost um, a child, that you would give them just a glimpse of the fruit that has come from the seed that they carried. God, we we know and we submit to your sovereignty, even when we don't understand it. It is, it is difficult to worship a God that we can't understand, but it is also magnificent to worship a God that we don't understand. And so we thank you that even when we don't understand that we can believe that you are still good, that you are still holy. And that the principle of the gospel lives on, which is that life always comes after death because of Jesus. And so we pray that all of these mothers who have walked through it are walking through it or will walk through it will become pillars of the gospel who are able to carry that banner that says I experienced death, but because of that death, I also experienced life Mm
0: -hmm.
1: out of that death. So God, again, we just proclaim hope and joy and renewal over the soil and the wombs of these women's hearts, their minds um, and their bodies. And we look forward to the miracles that you're going to bring in and through them. It's in your name. We pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, Emily, thank you so much for being on again today. (laughs) (laughs) Again, I posted y'all this is the second time we have recorded this. I'm so, so thankful for Emily, just being open uh, with her story and willingness and schedules and all the things. So thank you, Emily. And, um, to you listeners, I hope, uh, you know, my prayer for this podcast was just to help women feel seen, heard, and known and, and loved and supported and just all the things. Um, and so I really hope that you, heard hope today i just said that twice but you get what i'm saying you can't Um, have too much hope yeah can't can't have can't have too much hope um i can't even remember what the next podcast is about i believe it's going to be with my midwife that i had during my pregnancy um but uh if it's not then that's coming later so uh just just follow me on socials um share this podcast with a friend if you personally have not gone through this but you know somebody who has share this with them. I really feel like this podcast is going to touch so many women. Um, And so I'm just very thankful for Emily just saying yes, to not only being here, but saying yes to the Lord and sharing her story and showing how her pain is turned into purpose. So um, we will see y'all in the next episode.